What's going on, everybody? This is Nick Lawson from Squad Sports. We're really excited to be supporting the Free Agent Friday series. A lot of great talent out there. Without further ado, this is the next free agent you should be signing with your sports team. All right, we're back for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got Leonte McCarthy with me. How's it going? What's going on, Andrew? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Really hey, let's let's jump into it. Um, walk me through your college experience, any degrees that you received, um, and then we'll kind of get into internships from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from High Point University, uh, located in High Point, North Carolina, best school you never heard of, uh, for the ones you might have heard of it. And uh, I graduated with a bachelor's in uh, sport management. And uh, pretty much, you know, my internship was I worked in Greensboro with a facility called Velocity Sports Performance. And they dealt mainly with amateur and professional athletes and really taking their training and their uh, level to, I guess their training to that next level to become from an amateur to a professional. So I did that for about, uh, say, three months. Um, but I worked mainly with High Point University when it came to their baseball program, uh, as well as basketball, their women's basketball, and then I did uh, their soccer program as well. What point did you like kind of say, hey, I want to work in sports? Like, did you know yeah. that like at a young age or? Yeah, so to be honest with you, I still remember it to this day. I was in high school and someone from college came and they like, hey, you know, so since you guys are going to college now, you're going to have to figure out what you want to do and what you're going to major in. I'm like, I don't know what to major in. Um, but I remember that I wanted to do something with sports. You know, I played uh, basketball when I was little, you know, in high school as well as, um, you know, AAU. And I did track and I did soccer. So it was something that I just wanted to do. I wanted to be in sports. And um, I stopped growing, Andrew. You know, I stopped growing at 5'10". And I wasn't going to be an NBA player. Yeah, unfortunately. Come on, man. So, There's short NBA players, too. <laughs> dude, if they had, had a league that was, like, no taller than six foot, I promise you, I think I would be the greatest of all time. <laughs> uh, but there's no league out there. So, yeah. not yet. Maybe I'll create one. Yeah. But, yes, I, I really wanted to do something in sports, and I just fell in love with the game of basketball. So, you know, and, you know, that's how I really began my career. So walk me through kind of the resume once you got out of school. Yeah, so out of, out of school was tough. I mean, this was 2010, so the job market was very, very difficult still at that time. And uh, I started working at Wake Forest University uh, with CSC, uh, doing their security with their football program. So I did that for about a year or two. I uh, did some traveling with them, which was nice. So we did some Atlanta Falcon games. We did a lot of tennis tournaments in Winston-Salem. Um, as well as golf tournaments in Georgia and North Carolina. And so I did that for a little bit. I worked with the Charlotte, um, excuse me, with the Carolina Panthers, uh, where I was a, a part-time game day staff. So every Sunday, you know, whenever they had a home game, I would drive down there. And then I also worked with, <laughs> with the Charlotte Bobcats. Okay, remember them, the Charlotte Bobcats? So I did that uh, part-time and again, I'm driving an hour and a half, you know, juggling these three jobs. And so eventually I moved down to Charlotte. I, I lived with a, with a former roommate from school. And uh, then I got another part-time job 
with the outdoor amphitheater, Live Nation in Charlotte, PNC Music Pavilion. And I was also working at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. So I had four jobs. Andrew, I had four jobs. You know, my, my daily routine was waking up at 3.30 in the morning, uh, going to work at 4 a.m. at the Ritz-Carlton, get done at 12. Then I would have to go to PNC Music Pavilion because I was the uh, guest services manager, staffing manager for them. So I would get the staffing ready for the upcoming weeks, for the upcoming shows, right? So that's like, what, from 1 to 4 p.m. And then I was still working part-time with the Charlotte, at that time it was the Charlotte Hornets. And so I was a supervisor over there. So my, my call time was typically around 5 p.m. And then I would get done, you know, Hornets game usually typically is over around 9.30. I get done around 10.30. And then I do it all over again, you know, waking up at 3.30 nice. in the morning. So it was it was definitely a grind. It was definitely, uh, you know, I had to hustle. I definitely had to hustle to get where I'm at today. Yeah. So we're, uh, keep, keep going, you know, from there, from yeah. Carolina, what happened? So eventually it paid off three years later. I got a full-time opportunity with the Charlotte Hornets. And, uh, so I was their guest services manager for three years, uh, three and a half years, give or take, but I was with the organization for well over five years. And, um, you know, still working at the Ritz-Carlton, um, just on more of a part-time day, day-to-day type of thing, uh, just so we can really enhance that customer service, right? Because we all know what the Ritz-Carlton is all about. They're known for their service. They're known for its impeccable customer service, right? And so what happened was, you know, a lot of the stuff that I learned from them, I tried to implement in the sports world too, especially with the Charlotte Hornets and their organization. And uh, long story short, you know, the NBA used to do audits um, with all their NBA teams when it came to customer service and their touch points and parking and game entertainment and you name it, you know, food and beverage, whatever the case may be, right? And, um, you know, I think it was in 2017, 2018 year is when um, Charlotte Hornets were pretty much ranked number one when it came to the customer service. So for me, it was like winning a championship. It was like, right, right I did it. That was my goal. That's my accomplishment. Now what's next, right? Let me see if I can do it somewhere else. And so I went to New York City and I worked at Madison Square Garden for about two and a half years. Uh, Same thing. I was in their security and guest services uh, team. And, you know, here I am today. So it it really paid off them. How did the um, Madison Square Garden, uh, Garden's position come about? Was that like just something you applied for online or was that, you know, through somebody that you knew because you were already in the NBA? Yeah, it, it, I think it was, we kind of met in the middle, right? So I, I was looking for gigs, you know, I was on LinkedIn and teamwork online and everything else like that. And it's funny because a, a recruiter actually hit me up from the garden was like, hey, we, you might be interested in this position. What do you think? And so we chit-chatted about the position and, you know, it kind of just fell on my lap and, you know, flew out there, had the interview with uh, the different team members over there and uh, they liked me and, you know, that was it, game over. And, um, you know, I had a great two and a half years with them and, you know, looking forward to uh, seeing what's next in my my career. What would you say is the biggest asset that you bring to uh, a new organization? Yeah, so I'm really focused on my mindset, to be honest with you. I think if you, if you have that mindset to really 
see it to believe it, right? Understand that, you know, if you want to become successful, you have to see it. You have to vision yourself being successful, right? But without that, you also need, you know, that grit, um, finishing the task from the very beginning, as well as resiliency. You know, we've had a setback, uh, especially during this time, but how well can you continue from that setback, right? And so I think if you have those characteristics, um, you know, you can really go a long way. And that's something that I want to help an organization with. It's, you know, understanding what their problem is and trying to fix it, you know. What's the area you need to work on the most? And, you know, that's a great question. Because I'm so, I'm very competitive, Andrew. And, um it's not about winning all the time. And just because you lost, don't get down on yourself. You know, you know, find out what caused you not to win, right? And it's okay to become second or third, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're if you're really that focus and that determination, you have that drive, you're eventually gonna find out how to win. Right. So don't worry about, you know, not winning all the time. You know, reflect back on your losses and, you know, just go, come back very strong after that, you know. And, again, it's all about the re- resiliency. How would you define success? I think just those uh, aspects that I've talked in, um, in the past is, you know, that grit. It's, it's really understanding that, you know, this is hard work and, you know, you got to finish it regardless of what's going to happen. And, you know, there's going to be some setbacks. There's going to be some roadblocks. And how resilient can you be? You know, we're in a setback right now. But, you know, if you have that mindset that, you know, look, I have a setback currently. But if you have this mindset where you have that positive self-talk and saying that I'm not the setback, okay? And then I think if you if you have those key factors, I mean, you can go a long way when it comes to that success, Right. And, uh, you know, just continue to do that positive self-talk, you know, and if you visualize it, it's going to happen. And it's funny, I'll give you a quick little story um, where the University of Chicago had this study where they did a a free throw uh, study where there's three different groups and one group, and I think it was a, um, yeah, yeah, they were definitely practicing free throws. And, um, you know, this first group was, they practiced for an hour. Uh, shooting the free throws. The second group was just visualizing, seeing the ball go in, right? And they practiced for an hour. And then the third group was don't do anything at all. And then after the 30 days, obviously the third group, they didn't improve whatsoever. That first group that practiced every single day for an hour, they improved their free throws by 24%. But that second group, the group that visualized, they improved by 23% without even touching the basketball, Andrew, right? So just think about that, how, how, you know, important your brain is. And if you visualize it, if you see it, it will come true. You know, believe it. Very true. Very true. With your next position, are you open to relocation? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, and it's not just in the United States, you know, the world is your oyster is what I say. So, you know, don't be afraid to go overseas, you know, see if you can do it in the UK or Australia or, I mean, there's a lot of venues that are opening up in, in China, you know, a lot of nice, nice venues um, that are opening up in China. And, um, you know, I'm open to, to anything at this point. 
no, that's, that's good. And then what is kind of your ideal position that you're looking for? Man, you know, I don't really have an ideal position. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, it's all about, you know, I really want to take an organization from good to great, really understanding what they're struggling with um, and how I can fix that and, and turn that around for them. All right, last question. This is my, always my last one. What's a fun personal right. fact? A fun fact. Hmm. I mean, I've got three brothers, three sisters. Uh, three of them are currently in the FBI. Uh, and then my older sister, she's uh, pretty much the head honcho for uh, A&E Network. So she does a lot of uh, the reality t television over there. And uh, so we always have a wonderful conversation during Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that would be fun. I mean, you got the sports side, sports and entertainment from you, entertainment from sister. Yeah. You got law enforcement. So a little right. bit of everything. That's right. No, it sounds good, man. Well, I appreciate you joining me. Um, you know, hopefully you'll be back, you know, out, out and about, uh, you know, in, a, in an arena or stadium soon. Yeah, no, thank you, Andrew. And uh, thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, keep it up and, um, you know, it's definitely going to pay off for you as well. Appreciate it. What's going on, everybody? This is Nick Lawson from Squad Sports. We're really excited to be supporting the Free Agent Friday series. A lot of great talent out there. Without further ado, this is the next free agent you should be signing with your sports team. All right, we're back for another Free Agent Friday, and today I've got J.P. McLaughlin with me. How's it going, J.P.? Going good, yourself? Doing real good, man. Thanks for joining me. Let's um, jump right in. Let's start with um, where you went to school and any degrees that you received. For sure. So I went to school um, at, at Lone Institute of Technology in at Lone County Westmead, Ireland. And I did my degree in business in sport and tourism management, um, graduating in 2007. What made you want to get into the sports side of things? Um, I was always very sporty. Just growing up, I always just loved sports. Um, I always wanted to work in sports, but had no idea what it meant. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean playing for Manchester United or anything like that. But uh, um, I got into um, Gaelic football coaching in Ireland, and that was the, my sport that I got into on the coaching side. And um, I enjoyed that. But then when I, when I moved to Canada in 2011, I got into tourism, um, which, was, which was nice. It was a different change of pace. Um, and I realized what I liked doing was just helping people with experience. And... Um, Thankfully, that allowed me to move into a sports um, environment in 2014 when I started working at BC Place um, Stadium here in Vancouver on a part-time basis. And then I became guest experience manager there in 2016. And from there, I just knew I was in the right career path. Um, I just loved everything about being um, the fan experience and how events are set up um, from concerts to sporting events. Just loved everything about that, meeting fans, helping fans with problems. Um, cheering with fans, building relationships, just loved everything about it. And then meeting colleagues across North America and the NFL or the NBA, just knowing that, yeah, this is, this is the field that I should be in. And um, just looking to get back into that field, um, moving onwards in 2020. Uh, how about location-wise? Are you open to relocation? Uh, very much so. So moved, obviously relocated to Canada right, from, from <laughs> Ireland back in the day. Um, and yeah, I'm always looking at uh, venues, you know, being across Canada, United States, um, really a lot, lot globally. Like um, I would be happy um, 
with England too um, in, the, in, in a Premier League venue if that was if that was there but ideally North America there's something about the North American sports market that I just really really enjoy so and, and anywhere across the states would be pretty pretty cool to be in. And what kind of are you looking for a similar type role in you know guest experiences or? Pretty much yeah um, just guest like sport is, is a big part of my life and I just love how it's part of other people's lives and sharing my enthusiasm for, for that so I just really found I think my niche in, in guest experience, fan experience when I was when I was doing that, um, doing that role. So that's when I do search on you know teamwork online or any of those. The first thing I put in is guest experience. Second thing I put in is fan experience and search. Um, so um, management or director level of that would be fantastic. Um, and I guess the dream job really. Walk me through kind of like your role at your um, last position at the BP uh, place. Sure. Um, so um, I guess experience manager and responsible for the hosting department, which is effectively the ushering department and ticketing and um, in, in, in the seats and the stands and, and, and that. So um, it'd be very, very, very broad role. Um, a lot of, especially when we have a concert more so, for example, an unusual event and a lot of new, new people to the venue. Um, we get a lot of calls that would, um, you know, how do I get there? What, what, might, what can I expect? What does this ticket mean? Et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people with some accessibility challenges and just helping all those people out, putting plans in place for their time at the stadium to be a success. Um, trying to bring a lot of new initiatives to the stadium as well um, and then train those initiatives, which is always hard with, um, with event staff when you, don't, when you see people on such a sporadic basis compared to a quote-unquote normal job where you see them every day. Um, so a lot of relationship building, a lot of training, a lot of um, a lot of just set up for events, working with security department, which I really enjoyed actually learning about security and working with clients too. Just um, every every day was something different, and every month was was different to the next, and just um, learning a lot as I went, and that was really a lot of a lot of my. How big was the event staff there that you work with? The department that I had was would number between 200 and 250 um, throughout the year. Um, then for a concert under my department, we'd, we'd, we'd have a bigger crowd than we would for a regular sporting event. A good number up to 330, I think it was, at the highest concert that we had. So, um, uh, And then uh, there was um, six more of um, supervisors who I worked clo more closely with, and that was my team. So generally around 250, I would always probably give the number at. Nice. What would you say is your biggest asset that you would bring to a new position? I think um, I bring a lot of enthusiasm to any position um, and enthusiasm to learn as well. Um, during my time, I think I've, I've, I've picked up you know, some knowledge that would be useful, hopefully, um, from, from experience and from, um, from what I've learned from events that I've held and from colleagues. Um, but I've been enthusiasm and passion for what I do. And when I'm, when I'm in, I'm, I'm just, I'm really in. And I think my biggest strength and something I look for in, in any teammate is teamwork. Um, I think that's without teamwork, you're just, you know, you're losing really. And um, I think my, my teamwork both as, as a manager and um, as a member of that team is, is my, my biggest strength really. What's the area that you need to work on the most? I think, um, I think it's assertiveness, sometimes too nice. Um, and just having some of those difficult conversations that need to be had. Um, they'll, be, they'll be had, um, but 
um, they've probably been procrastinated on a little bit um, when it's just a case sometimes of, of getting right in there and um, and sometimes I think by talking a lot I'm helping when, when I'm not um, you know sometimes you don't I've watched, you rip, I've rip the band-aid right off rip it off I've been watching Hard Knocks and I've seen how Sean McVay does it and he makes it seem like such a you know he's, he's giving good news like we're gonna let you go buddy um, I'm like that's bad news but he says it in such a good way so <laughs> it's um, being able just to do that I have that different conversation but um um, have it more to the point, but also be, compa- um, uh, be compassionate still with it, but talking a lot isn't compassionate. Yeah, no, that's, that's one of those things that, it, you know, it takes, takes some time to kind of get there. You know, I always, I look back and I, I, I had a period there too, where it's like, man, but once you get to it, get to the point and it's over, then you, then you can move on. So, sure. um, well, how would you define success? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think for success, I'm, I'm very much into just writing goals down. I had, a, I used to have a whiteboard and um, of, of goals I would have, um, and obviously more, the more of those ticked off, that's kind of success there. But I think just being able to look back on a period of time and knowing that you attempted or tried to perform at your best is, is success to me. Um, you know, sometimes you, you try and you fail, um, but sometimes the success is in the trying and the learning of that. So um, I think it's success is always just as long as you're learning, you're, you're being successful um, and not chalking down to a loss and, and giving up. It's always learning. So what's your, I see you got a lot of different, um, you know, you got NFL ball back there. Looks like a hockey puck, baseball, everything. So what, what's your, your favorite sport? And then uh, what, what teams do you follow? Yeah, I've been watching a lot of ESPN and TSN on during, and they're on Zoom calls. So I was like looking at the bookcase this morning. I thought, oh, the bookcase is up. That's what they all do. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that. Um, so my, my, my favorite sport is Gaelic football, in an Irish game, um, which wouldn't be known too, too much internationally. But that'd be my number one sport. Um, growing up in Ireland, Premier League was always big. Um, and I'm a big Manchester United fan. I've supported Manchester United since I was six. And then in North America, it's just the NFL. Um, and it's so great that it's coming back this week. Um, um, for a bit more memorabilia, I've got my, uh, got my Seahawks. Little okay, nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm a big, a big um, Seahawks fan. Just loved, loved everything. I wasn't a Seahawks fan when I moved here. And I went to a game in 2012 against when they played the Jets. And just the noise of CenturyLink, I just was hooked on the Seahawks after that. It was just, um, just amazing. And then in, in college football, I'm an Alabama fan due to um, a friend I met before liked Alabama. I didn't get why college football was so big, so I just said, yeah, I'll, I'll follow Alabama. Turned out they were good, so that was nice. <laughs> and, uh, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt at all. Give me a uh, fun personal fact about you. So um, this year is 2020 where travel is, is, is not happening, but I actually kicked off kind of a bucket list item where I, I ticked off two more continents this year in my travels. So now um, the only continent left to do is Antarctica, which I've no real aspirations to do at the moment. But yeah, I got to go to um, Indonesia and Australia this year um, in nice. January and February um, when, when the world was a very different place. And um, I actually landed in Hong Kong and a friend of mine said, I, I know it's all a few people wearing masks and uh, a friend of mine said, people are afraid of the virus. And I was like, what virus? And <laughs> now, you know how naive you know looking back but uh, wow. yeah it's cool to be able to to say that uh, to be able to do that in 2020 thankfully so yeah six six continents have been visited which is great i'm very very happy for my travels that way 
So all, out of all your travels, do you have a favorite spot you like to go to? Um, I've spent a lot of time traveling in the west of the United States in recent years. I do love going to random American places. Like I was in, in South Dakota last year in Wyoming. I, I, I like that part of the world, Montana, Idaho. Um, I, I, um, my favorite trip I've probably ever done, I went to Egypt once. Um, really, really enjoy Egypt. Um, I think every every place. I don't really have a favorite per se. Just there's some of the some of the some of the highlights. Um, but like the travel. I do like to travel. Yeah, and I was just watching a movie last night, and just the idea of being able to drive down to Seattle seems international right now. You know, we took it for granted, but uh, I, Seattle's in the movie, and I just we'd love to go to CenturyLink. You know, and the ability to be able to do that is is gone now. So it's uh, looking yep. forward to that coming back. Yeah. Now, uh, well. I want to thank you for joining me, JP. Um, let's keep in touch, and, and uh, hopefully you'll be back at it here pretty soon. Hopefully. Thank you for having me.